0: The other night, I had a dream that was undoubtedly influenced by reflecting on today's gospel as I went to sleep that night. In that dream, I was with my dad and other family members and friends, and there was much turmoil in the skies. Airplanes were flying around low and fast and in a panic. There were fighter planes and radar aircraft, both big and small, and then a flying saucer, though it looked more like a graphite pencil drawing of one, not three-dimensional. In this dream, I asked my dad if we should leave, and he said, not yet. The dream was probably also influenced by a fond memory of my dad taking us to see Close Encounters decades ago, and us taking him to see the movie on the 40th anniversary some years back. It's funny that I had this dream, since I don't believe in extraterrestrials. For, as Carl Sagan said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence which is a term related to the 14th century Occam's Razor, familiar to all students of medieval philosophy. But I do believe, like Martha in chapter 11 of John's Gospel, that we will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And I believe that, as we used to say in the memorial acclamation, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. This belief I have from growing up, attending Mass, participating in the practice of the faith, and learning from others' actions and words. While today's Gospel is not explicitly apocalyptic in this passage, nor as chaotic as my dream, both this 24th chapter of Matthew and the 25th chapter, which immediately follows this passage, deal with the end times and judgment. In the fairly early days of the Church, it is possible that some of our fellow believers, interpreted this second coming of Christ as imminent and so in preparation for what they assumed was an immediate return, some may have acted in ways that were not prudent instead of living like those who, as we are told in today's gospel, do not know the day or the hour and being faithful and prudent servants of the household, that is, participating in the church and carrying out the gospel mandates of loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves. In their fear for a chaotic second coming, like in my dream, they could have panicked. But those days, these days, I believe that we are in a time when people act as if Christ isn't coming back, or at least not anytime soon, and that we can act like the wicked servant admonished in today's gospel. With social media, there is a danger of being so me-focused that we can crave likes and views more than the content we post, and seek ever more dehumanizing and pejorative actions and words all in the name of getting votes and accolades. These attitudes are even now more common in some of our political leaders who make statements that are offensive to the gospel values of feeding the hungry, welcoming the stranger, caring for the sick, clothing those without, and visiting those in prison. The actions of indifference and hatred towards those in need of food, clothing, shelter, comfort, healing, and accompaniment are bad enough when secular society and those who do not know God espouse them. But when those who come to the Mass and partake of the Body and Blood of Christ espouse these views and attitudes, when they work to create structures of indifference and even act to endanger the lives of immigrants, refugees, and those on the margins of society, it is hypocritical and a mockery of their faith in Christ Jesus. So-called Christians who protest at mass, the inclusion of those who have felt alienated are not defending Christ or the church, but instead are just as violent as the soldiers who mocked Jesus at his trial and crucifixion, and maybe even more so, as if they had grabbed the bystanders and witnesses and scourged and crucified them. When Catholic leaders, lay and ordained, criticize the Pope's actions and words of inclusion and accompaniment, when they try to derail and minimize the synod or encyclicals of justice, that is rank hypocrisy. Every Mass begins with a penitential rite where we acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries and we then ask God to have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Our role as Catholic Christians is to reject these structures of sin that deny human dignity, to reject the attitudes of those who mock the gospel by their words and actions, and to encourage them, ourselves, and indeed all people, to protect human life and dignity, to reach out to those in need, to reach out to those on the margins of society, to reach out to those who feel alienated and dejected, and to ask that our sins be forgiven when we have failed, and to be merciful and joyfully welcoming to those who likewise turn away from actions and attitudes of hatred and indifference. Whether our end comes suddenly and unexpectedly in chaos, or in quiet and peace,